Hi, this is Dr. Gwen. Today is Thursday, June 24th, and I'm doing my Women's Health Podcast from Santa Barbara, California. Um, as you probably know, there were some major fires here in Santa Barbara that caused the Hesusita Fire, and that was why I have in podcasts. Uh, my son was evacuated. We were on a reverse 9-11, which means be prepared to evacuate. My father was evacuated and ended up in the hospital for respiratory problems. It was just unbelievable watching the mountains um, on fire. And uh, anyway, things are much better now. And uh, here I am. The first one comes out of the University of Virginia Health System. And it's called New Study Seeks to Explain Survival Rate Difference in Sudden Cardiac Events. Motivated by a desire to understand why sudden cardiac deaths uh, claims the lives of women under 60 at twice the rate of their male counterparts, Um, Dr. Taylor, an interventional cardiologist at the University of Virginia Health System, is launching a unique study that will color code and measure plaque deposits inside the coronary arteries of male and female patients between the ages of 18 and 50. The progressive accumulation of plaque, which is also known as atherosclerosis, causes coronary artery disease and is the leading cause of cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, and death in both sexes. While improvements in diagnosing and treating CAD or coronary artery disease have lowered men's death rates, the same is not hold um, true for women. The, uh, Dr. Taylor pointed out that most women who die suddenly from heart disease have no previously recognized symptoms, even when they are diagnosed with coronary artery disease and given the same treatments as men. Premenopausal women are twice as likely to die from heart attacks. This tells her that um, that they've missed something extremely important when it comes to understanding how heart disease develops in women. Dr. Taylor is a cardiac catheterization specialist, and she believes that missing information lies uh, within that may be important, yet clini- clinically unrecognized differences in how men and women accumulate plaque within their coronary arteries and what causes that plaque to be vulnerable to disruption. She has a two-year study that involves both men and women patients admitted to, to the um, University of Virginia, I think that's what it was, yeah, University of Virginia with acute coronary syndrome that includes heart attacks and unstable angina. Ultimately, the goal is to open doors to the development of more effective treatments for women with um, heart disease. This is the first of its kind of this type of study in the U.S. and uh, will use some of the most advanced imaging technology. Um, the most it, so it, to me, this is really exciting because you know we've been talking for a long time about the problems in uh, related to the differences between men and women and the detection of heart disease, and this one is a little more exciting because it's an earlier detection. Um, anyway, the name of the study is called Red Hot. I thought you'd find that interesting. The second one, I, I thought this one was kind of fun. It's called Why Dishing Does You Good. And dishing has to do with um, becoming, you know, a bonding with another uh, friend. A University of Michigan study has identified a likely reason that dishing with a girlfriend can do wonders for a woman's mood. Feeling emotionally close to a friend increases levels of the hormone progesterone, helping to boost well-being and reduce anxiety and stress. The study establishes progesterone as a likely part of the neuroendocrine basis of social bonding in humans. Um, This 
the researcher's name is Stephanie Brown, who's the lead author of the article reporting the study findings, which is in the June issue of Hormones and Behavior. She says, the sex hormone that fluctuates with the menstrual cycle, progesterone, is also present in low levels in postmenopausal women and in men. Earlier research has shown that higher levels of progesterone increase the desire to bond with others, but the current study is the first to show that bonding with others increases levels of progesterone. Interesting, huh? The study also links these increases to a greater willingness to help other people, even at our own expense. It is important to find the links between biological mechanisms and human social behavior. Um, these links may help us understand why people in close relationships are happier, healthier, and live longer than those who are socially isolated. Progesterone is much easier to measure than oxytocin, which is a hormone linked to, linked to trust, pair bonding, and maternal responsiveness in humans and other animals. Oxytocin can only be measured through an invasive spinal tap or through expensive and complex brain imaging methods, such as posit positron emission tomography scans. Progesterone can be measured through simple saliva samples and may be related to oxytocin. In this study, Brown and her colleagues examined the link between interpersonal closeness and salivary progesterone in 160 female college students. At the start of the study, the researchers measured the levels of progesterone and of the stress hormone cortisol in the women's saliva and obtained information about their menstrual cycles and whether they were using hormonal contraceptives or other hormonally active medications. To control for daily variations in hormone levels, all the sessions were held between noon and 7 p.m. The women were randomly assigned to partners and asked to perform either a task designed to elicit feelings of emotional closeness or a task that was emotionally neutral. In the emotionally neutral task, the women proofread a botany manuscript together. After completing the 20-minute task, the women played a computerized cooperative card game with their partners and then had their progesterone and cortisol sampled again. The progesterone levels of women who had engaged in the emotionally neutral task tended to decline, while the progesterone levels of women who engaged in the task designed to elicit closeness either remained the same or increased. The participants' cortisol levels did not change in a similar way. Cortisol, if you, um, just in case you're not sure, is a hormone that does raise with stress. Participants returned a week later and played the computerized card game with the, orig with the original partners again. Then researchers measured their progesterone and cortisol. Researchers also examined links between progesterone levels and how likely participants said they would be to risk their life for their partner. During the first phase of the study, they found no evidence of a relationship between progesterone and willingness to sacrifice. But a week later, increased progesterone predicted an increased willingness to say you would risk your life to help your partner. According to the investigator, the findings are consistent with a new evolutionary theory of altruism, which argues that the hormonal basis of social bonds enables people to suppress self-interest when necessary in order to promote the well-being of another person as when taking care of children or helping alien family members or friends. This result may also explain why social contact has well-documented health benefits, a relationship first identified nearly 20 years ago by sociologist James House. Many of the hormones involved in bonding and helping behavior, behavior lead to reductions in stress and anxiety in both humans and other animals. Now we see that higher levels of progesterone may be in part 
of the underlying physiological basis for these effects. I, I find this really interesting because as a nurse, um, one thing I think I've you know anecdotally observed over the years is that people who had close social networks um, did better in catastrophic or very stressful events who had either it doesn't necessarily have to be a you know a close partner or a family member it could be a very close friend it could be a, a, a someone you know a, a pastor or a religious person it could be something I've often seen this I think it has a lot of relationship to pet therapy too it brings out something in us that social connection that you know, maybe changing our hormonal levels. So I think this is a research study for us to keep um, our eyes on. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. I, I'm trying very hard to keep these podcasts shorter. Um, again, so send me an email. Let me know what you're doing, what you're up to. I am now on Twitter, and my Twitter name is Dr. Gwen D R G W E N. You can sign up to follow me, and um, take good care of yourself. Stay healthy. Be happy. This is Dr. Gwen. Bye now.